This is Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to Church Mag Podcast number 97. The measuring success is kind of like parenting in some ways. If you make a mistake in Sunday school, like 10 kids know, that's it. And you just hope they don't tell their parents, all right? You made a mistake, no biggie. They probably giggled and you just rolled with it, right? Not with tech ministry. A generalized process, no matter what you do for training, no matter what you do to get them ready, going down that long process of acclimation is a good way to, to go and structure any process. This week's episode is brought to you by Great Church Sound, a guide for the volunteer. This ebook, hard copy, and free mobile app is a must-have resource for your church sound booth, no matter the size of your church. Professional audio engineer and church tech James Wassum has put together a stellar resource. Dare I say awesome? <laughs> it is priced to be accessible by all. Learn more, Great Church Sound, and find all kinds of free resources on the Great Church Sound website at greatchurchsound.com. And if you add church mag to the end of that URL, greatchurchsound.com forward slash church mag, you can land yourself a free resource. Better yet, if you want to win a free copy of Great Church Sound, email us at podcast at churchmag. The email address again to win a free copy of Great Church Sound, podcast at churchmag. On this week's episode, we do mention Great Church Sound and Great Church Sound author James Wassum. This week, we take one of your email questions about training church tech volunteers. If you'd like to ask your own question or join this week's conversation, use the Church Mag podcast hashtag CMAGCast. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag podcast. This week, we are going to have a little AMA that's what they're called, right? Jeremy AMA? Yeah, I think we tried to stay away from it, and we just went with the Batman Riddle Me This. Riddle Me This, yes. Riddle Me This. We have a question, but first, uh, a couple quick mentions. Brian Alexander, a few weeks ago, quoted you, Phil, on the CMAGCast hashtag. He quoted you saying, we might be the greatest podcast without context. I, I, I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that assessment, and I think we will prove ourselves true. I feel like if we give that quote context, then we ruin the quotes. And I don't I have forgotten the context. the context, so don't worry about it. So I feel like it's so true as it is. That, that podcast had no context. Oh, I, will, I did want to mention this. As people listen to the podcast, clearly you have found that we have a little bit different kind of retro gaming music at the beginning and the ending of the podcast. At some point, what? it's true. In fact, I want to say right now that if you can successfully go back and name every one of those um, video game musics accurately, that I will give you a hundred bucks. Wow. So I just want to say that right now. You listen to the Church Mag podcast, you go through them, and if you can send me an email or whatever, Eric at Church Mag, send me an email and tell me successfully... I'm not sure how many podcasts it goes back, but if you listen, you'll you'll see where we started doing that. If you can accurately tell me which video game music for each episode, then I'll give you a hundred bucks. The first person to do that, I think it started with it started with the relaunch when we relaunched, kind of, or our season season two. Yeah, I, I think it did. Well, kind of. Yeah, if you just start from the most current and work your way back, you'll 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 figure it out. So there you go. I've laid I lots a lot of audio to pour through. But let's let's try something. Do you know what every single episode the the matching game was with it. Oh, are me? You gonna, are you, no, no. Eric, Eric, are you going to know? Do I know? Yeah, I know. So, well, I don't have them all written down uh-huh. just yet, but I can open up the files and look and see. But do you know which see, one's associated which, with, with which episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I know okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't yeah, just, I, you can't just BS your way through it. It's got to be correct. No. 
I I don't know half those because I didn't have half those video games because because one we got our Nintendo from a garage sale and it came with Mario Duck Hunt and the Olympics all on one cartridge right so that was that satisfied us for quite a long time and then we slowly built our collection up but like we got like some of the Bible video games <laughs> which Eric I think you need to have like the mo- music from mo- from Exodus or Joshua and use that use that next time that's that's not a bad idea and I, I just I bring this up I've been wanting to do this for a while and it first was going to be like 20 bucks and then 50 and but as I put it off the list got longer and so I had to therefore up the ante and so I thought well I better throw it down throw that gauntlet down now before it becomes cost prohibitive <laughs> but I just wanted to say that uh, podcast where we were all under the weather that the music that I picked and I had my wife listen to it and she recognized it and she's like what is that and I said well the hint is that we were all sick and yes yes the music was from Dr. Mario Ooh, good good usage it's true <laughs> in fact if you really pay attention sometimes sometimes like 10%, 5%. So it's not really high, but sometimes the music that I pick kind of matches the topic at hand. And it's kind of like a subtle, subtle meta thing. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that, but that happens sometimes. Just the, that's how deep we go on this episode of the church mag podcast. I don't think it's depth. I think it's just, you have so much fun doing something. You're like, what kind of retro music? Ooh, we should do that one. <laughs> and, a, and a quick behind the scenes, as far as all of this, if you guys want to know, is that he's totally sitting there with his Game Boy or Nintendo or whatever it is, recording these audio clips. He has to work through like 30 levels of Mario just to get to that point that he can get that one clip. So he means it means that much to him, guys. Yeah. Better he found a website with the 8-bit stuff. One of the two. I, I may or may not use Google. <clears throat> no, I'm, I don't know, Jeremy. I'm pretty sure he has the Game Boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Jeremy. So what's our AMA, man? I guess it's not to ask me anything. It's ask us. So I guess it's a AUA. So the, the riddle me this we got this week. Uh, we got from Adrian Campos Senate. And he said, are you all familiar or have best practices with training your new team members, maybe measuring their success? An interesting. Did he actually say? Did he actually type y'all? Yeah. Y apostrophe A L L. That's awesome. Jeremy wouldn't say y'all, Eric. He doesn't have folksy charm like I do. Well, you know, we we may be we may be. Um, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the ability to edit yourself yes. before you need to edit yourself. <laughs> before what? Before the, the the podcast that we've recorded before this, um, we were talking about this. We talked about this earlier, and we were saying how how um, you guys listen to the podcast to see like what stupid thing, quote unquote, stupid thing that you say on the podcast, and you like kind of cringe on the edge of your seat, like waiting for it to happen. And then I chime in, and I have the advantage of you know editing myself out. I, I try to be fair though, even if I say something stupid, I'll try to leave it in. I thought you were making a jump like you're editing out something stupid you said. I was going somewhere with this. I'm sorry. (laughs) She just kept out. I I believed it. I know, right? (laughs) So what was the question again? I forgot already. Best practices for training people. Yeah. Oh, best practices. Best practices for training people and then measuring your success. The the first part I've done, the measuring I've never done, like have like a tally board of, um, wow, good job on sound this week. Uh, We only had three people complain about the volume. That's a good measurement. That's a good barometer for success, I guess. I guess. I don't know. 
Okay, so, all right, so clearly no one has anything to add to that. Um, <laughs> so, clearly, I think it has to do with what, what you are training people in. Yeah, I, I think that the training, I think that we can get to measuring success in a minute, but I wonder what your guys' thoughts are as far as training your new team members. Like, not necessarily what you train them in, because there's, what, 50 different presentation softwares for um, churches, and there's 100 different soundboards out there, and a million projectors with screens and light bulbs and lighting. And so I feel like all of that of what we're training needs to be different than how we go about training. So I wonder as far as with team members, what have you experienced, whether you're the team lead or part of a team, how did they, if you were new to it, what did that training process look like for you? Usually when I training for web versus training for um, sound, like those are clearly two different ways of going about that. Right. Um, well, actually not, I guess. It's very similar. I take that back. For me, when I've trained people on sound, first of all, I think it's important to give your trainees the option and to check and, and, and do regular updates with them. Like every couple of weeks, you know, you know, ask them, you know, how are you feeling about this, right? You know, you still want to do this. Always giving people that opportunity, the freedom that they can get out. Because some people think they know what serving in a particular ministry is like. And then they get in there and they're like, oh, crap, I hate this. I don't want to do this. But then they feel trapped and they have to do it, right? That's not the kind of people you want in church tech because church tech has has enough um, enough stress with it that people really need to have a passion and enjoy it, okay? And so the first thing I usually do is I have them observe for a few weeks. And during downtime, because we all know in church tech, there are the downtimes and you can explain things. And kind of go over some basics and say you're doing this and why and and just you know ask if they have questions and really it's it's a time of observation and so that's usually where I start anyway is I just have them kind of shadow me and they observe and then eventually at some point when when um, you you feel like you've kind of gone over some basics with them you you switch things around <clears throat> you switch things around and I'm never rigid enough to be like you know well next Sunday we'll have you do this you know I, I don't do that I usually spring it on them be like hey you want to give it a try and then right then and there you know you switch and you know just so they can just you know get their finger on the slider right to to, to get a feel for it to be comfortable for to not be scared of that soundboard and of course the weeks pr- previously you've been going over the little things you know like you know look this isn't a hundred a hundred knobs this is just you know 10 knobs of 10 right it's not that difficult um and, and not being know-it-all and just being down to earth and and explaining and just sharing everything you know and and maybe even have them shadow somebody else right maybe not just you every sunday but maybe after a few sundays of shadowing you that you have them shadow somebody else and maybe they can pick up a few other things and little bits of details and information and and just and slowly integrate them it reminds me of like when uh, i was a kid and i had a fish tank and you got a new fish you never just like took the fish and dropped it in there that was like a sure way that the fish would die if you would take them out and just plop them in there was this whole acclimation process where you had to like um take water from the tank and mix it by a certain percentage and wait so many minutes and then you transfer the fish and over the course of a few hours i don't remember how long the time was uh over a a a period of time eventually the, the fish would be in the same water that was in the tank and then you could then put them in the tank and it was uh, acclimation so that the fish wouldn't get shocked and die and you don't want your volunteers to shock because they will die okay they will bolt and run and never come serve uh in the, your tech ministry ever again because there's because as you know 
when you're running when you're running sound and you're doing tech and you're helping with the website and you're running camera and you're doing all these different things then when you make a mistake lots of people know and it can be very humiliating right if you make a mistake in sunday school like 10 kids know that's it and you just hope they don't tell their parents all right you made a mistake no biggie they probably giggled and you just rolled with it right not with tech ministry. That's a very great point, Eric. It's a great way of looking at the like a, a generalized process. No matter what you do for training, no matter what you do to get them ready, going down that that long process of acclimation is a good way to to go way to structure any process. Um, I think we. I'm not sure the episode will release, but last week we talked to um, the author of the book uh, "Great Church Sound" by uh, James Awesome Wassum, and I think that. Um, I'm bringing through his book. I think that'd be a great, like kind of like a, almost like a course book for, for running church sound. And I know there's not a lot of those kind of books out there for church tech um, volunteers, but I think that's where you and your team, if you're looking toward like really future casting towards like, you want to bring in more people to your team, you sit down and you write down the best practices for your church. You know, what's SOP? Like, what order do you turn the sound booth on? You know, what, what's the light? What's what light, lighting settings do you do for opening of, of worship and then the closing of worship? What do you do for communion? You make those little notes and then you go through and polish it up over time and you keep adding to it. You know, I mean, it's not quite the okay, uh, movie um, Night's Museum. You know, the manual they, they give, uh, they give Larry, you know, and granted, that's not the subjects of the movies are bad guys, but, um, <laughs> but you give the, you know, we create the manual and make it, make it good, make it polished, not a collection of like just, you know, stained napkins and random piece of paper or tie envelopes you've written on the back of, but you know, you make the manual and then you walk through that training process with those people. You bring, bring your, bring your sound guys to like, you know, your, your worship team practice, bring your lighting guys there. And while worship team is practicing, you're practicing too. And all that stuff, you know, I think that that is a stellar advice. That is stellar advice. And that, that is something that I am, I'm realizing that I needed to even do for church mag when, and this would be a web application. Like when I edit a post, when I get a post ready to publish, there are certain things that I do every time. And I'm thinking, if I need somebody else to do this, or if I need, even, even if I need somebody to fill in, like, hey guys, I'm really sick, or I have an emergency, can one of you guys, you know, schedule out a few posts? To be able to hand over a document and have you guys go through it, and it being a step-by-step manual, and know that, that the, the work that is done is always the same, or fairly the same, no matter who's doing it, is great. And it even, it even helps, and you know what? It even helps you as the person normally doing it to really think through your processes once you see them on paper as well. Like for example, I'm right now, I mean, I'm, I've logged into the church memes right now. I'm going through and I'm, I'm fixing things in people's memes. They forgot the more tags, didn't they? They forgot to research their memes and they've named memes improperly and they don't capitalize things, which is drives me. <laughs> so it's, I just we speak English. We don't speak cavemen, you know, that's good. So I'm going so through, you, get, you, know, go you guys are getting a lot of um, examples of in-house stuff, which in my mind, the way I translate that is, is it's good. It's personal, but it's also a ton of time. And, and this, the, the overhead for creating your own manual manual is, I think, important, but it's not something that I'm going to get done today. I don't even know if I'm going to get it done this month or something. So I feel like the, the time invested is a lot to ask for. And I wonder if there's also, uh, 
a financial version of this resource that we could do, whether it's those resources that we talked about, the soundboard and that book that we could get for church technology, or even going as far as having a secular option where we send some of our volunteers to college to observe some certain classes within technology or like, like the ultimate kind of approach. What would you guys say as far as outside of your own personal church kind of resources that you would add to the training process. I I totally get that. And I think that you have to do it all within perspective. Like how fast are you going to do it? Because you can only have it three ways. You can't have it fast, cheap, and high quality. You can't do all three. And so what I was kind of proposing and thinking is something that you would do over a period of time. So as head of, you know, sound design or whatever, you take these notes down for the next six to nine months. I mean, we're talking about a very long process of just slowly working on it in the background, not something like, hey, you know, in the next three weeks, I'm going to have this done. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm talking about little by little taking notes, you know, very casually putting this thing together in my mind. Now, Clearly, what you've proposed that is certainly an option as well. My my daughter just woke up. Come here, you want to say hi, Emma? No, she just wants to say hi. Okay, she's she's all of a sudden shy. Like you can, they can't see you, honey. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot. Oh, oh, Jeremy, your question was, what would we do besides like like besides the manual, besides the in house stuff? Um, right. Yeah. When I was a sound man, my my denomination, um, uh, we were broken down into you know districts and sections and regions and whatnot. But um, my denomination. My daughter sneezing in the background. Okay. My denomination um, in, in, within our district, so like uh, our state, you know, of Illinois, and then we into our sections, our sections, which is like a few counties combined, they um, would have these, um, uh, I want to say quarterly, probably biannual, just so maybe twice, maybe three, three times a year, they would have these things where they would. Uh, uh, called worship tune-ups, which is one of the most cheesy names possible. But um, they would have things where they like, could come in and they would have like um, uh, sessions with like you know like really accomplished um, church techs and worship people. Um, so like they had a, a one time they had a seminar for sound men, um, and then they had uh, other sections like how to how to introduce new songs, how to lead a band practice, and then all these little sessions to help uh, church techs and worship leaders and other people get into their uh, their their thing and do it better. It was really kind of cool. I actually went to one on uh, how to write how to write your own songs, which didn't help me at all because I don't know music. But uh, you know, it's cool. Hey, you know, if you can get your 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 church to approve that the the funding for that and and do it by all means, I th- I think that you should. And you know, Church Mag, we we have an audio training course. Um, Phil alluded to it. It'll either air before or after this. Um, uh, the that that awesome course. Oh no. Um, the great great church sound that is an excellent resource a great you know handbook an app and everything and so there are definitely some resources out there that that you should leverage and I, that is a great point jeremy so many times i should say so many times sometimes churches have this this thing where and and we see it everywhere where people get an idea and instead of looking to see if it's been done right? They try to reinvent the wheel. And sometimes you just don't need to reinvent the wheel. And sometimes you just need to, to, to maybe get a few different resources or even bits and pieces from multiple places to maybe make something on your own or maybe all of it. I don't know. Don't, don't get 
don't get stuck in a rut either. And I think that there's a couple of different options out there. There's the church specific. Um, you can go to conferences and there's a lot of church tech conferences out there, whether it's about media or technology or just simply the creative process in general that you can go out there and try it out. And I think that there's also the ability to use your community. You have other churches that probably have people that run church technology. I think we suggested this before where partner up with the other churches and you just say, how do you do this? How do you do this? And, and I'm terrible at sound. Eric, could you teach me how to do some of this stuff so that we can do this better and not have this me versus them mentality, but just simply to teach and to learn and to have every church do technology better. Because at that point, it's not about making sure that you get the best people in your church and have more numbers than the other churches, just simply we all want to make sure that the gospel gets presented well. And that is amazing that you could learn so much at that point. And you probably have a ton of experience and, and wealth of knowledge at that point. Right. And if you have something that seems like some sort of resource that seems a little cost prohibitive, I, you know, I don't see why, you know, depending on what it is, I suppose, you know, you could go together with another church or talk to your denomination, like Phil was talking about, talk to your denomination about purchasing it and making it available for, for lots of people. And of course that varies on, on what, what kind of content or what kind of tool it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. Now, um, you- I, I would argue that most denominations would, would love to do more training, but they don't have the people, no one's volunteering to do it. And if you've come to the, to your, your section or, you know, region leader and say, Hey, there's this curriculum out there for this kind of thing. It would really help me. I've talked to a few churches in the, in the, in the section. They would, it would help them too. Could you help us purchase this? And then we'll coordinate a time for all of us to meet and go through it together. Nice. I think they'd love that. Excellent tips, guys. Um, so how do you measure it? How do you guys think you measure it? I, I, for me, I think that it, it, the measuring success is you've is kind of like parenting in some ways that you, first of all, lay out your expectations. And so you don't measure success first. You lay out the expectations of the team. And it's not that you're expecting perfection. You're not expecting for everybody just to have it down and to never fail. And so you make sure you let them know what those expectations are up front And then you have the boundaries to say you're not meeting expectations. You guys need to fix this. You need to make sure that you adjust this. And you don't just blindside them and say, sorry, you're done because you haven't been doing this 10 times. You go to them that first time, that second time, that third time, and you engage them in this process so they have the opportunity to fix it. Or maybe to shift what they're doing within the church technology team because it's just not working out for them. If you were to have put me on the soundboard, I can run all the technology you want and know how to do that. In fact, I did that for a year and a half at our college ministry, but I do not have the ear for it. And so I actually had someone that didn't know how to do the tech part of it, but knew how to be on and off. And so I screwed up like three different times and that person came alongside and said, okay, I'll let me help you. I don't know how to do this, but let me help you and you help me. And we actually collaborate in that process. And if they would have just blindsided me, we did not have gotten there. Um, I, I want to turn the measurement thing on its head a little bit. I think the best way that you can measure the success of this is your ability as a leader to multiply your team members. 
I think that that is the key. It isn't necessarily tracking the progress of one person as much as tracking yourself and your ability to replicate volunteers, to have a healthy team of people that want to help, that enjoy what they're doing, and and, and it creates a synergy and an attraction for other people to come successfully trained, and they do well. Because you know what? You're not going to be able to build a team when people aren't trained well because they're going to have failure, and no one likes no, no one likes to be on a losing team. And so... I think that that is how you measure success. You measure it yourself. Are you able to build a winning team? And until you can figure out how you can build a winning team, you're not going to have a very big team at all. Says the person that their football team won the, the Super Bowl. So let's just <laughs> let's just be honest about this. That you are a part of the winning team and not the losing team. There you I'm go. Sorry. There you go. All right. Real quick, uh, did you, did, Phil, did you have one more thing to drop? Well, I think for measure success, kind of what Jeremy said, I think that you know you've succeeded when they can walk on their own. Nice. When they feel comfortable, when you feel comfortable, when the past feels comfortable, that's success. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And when that happens, then that's going to, you know, you're, you're going to have a good team. So, yeah, there you go. It's It's not, we really like certain terms, don't we? Like, well, if you do X, Y, and Z. And it's a little, it's a lot more fluid than that because you know what? We're people, right? Um, so there you go. At least that's the rumor. I think, I think it just, I think it just takes the time of investing in your team and knowing what they're saying about your ministry and what you're saying about them and, and continuing to invest in that process. Just make sure you're intentional about everything that you do. True story. All right. Before we wrap up this episode of the Church Mag Podcast, a quick iTunes review from Sean Lacey, part of Sean's evil plan to be on the podcast, I imagine. Do you agree? I I think that he has the plan there, but it probably goes deeper than what we imagine. Sean's, Sean's a new staff writer for Church Mag. Wait, wait. Do you think he poisoned us last week? <laughs> I don't think I don't think he wants to hurt us, but I th- do think that it goes much deeper than we imagine. Oh my goodness, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> That's why we were sick. Oh, it makes sense now. It's all coming together. He said it was the clearly he's charming us with this iTunes review. Then this this whole review is tainted now. He said it was the quintessential church technology podcast. He said, I've been an active subscriber to the Church Mag podcast and community for a little over a year now, and I'm constantly amazed at how spot on these episodes are. I regularly share episodes with our church administration and have had great feedback from both the tech savvy as those less inclined. Keep making great content. Well, Sean, with your help, we will. I can't wait to see you when you go to bed tonight. Are you pretending? Is that what he's saying to us as we said this? Yeah, that's what he's, that's what he's okay, saying. I, I, Jeremy, you're, you're, out, you're off the podcast. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> no, his plan's oh working. Gosh. He's getting me kicked off. But you are your own on that one, pal. That was your fault. <laughs> Five Iron Frenzy is, is ringing through my head, Phil. I don't know which track you're referring to. I thought my head. My evil plan to save the world. Oh, and one day deep it will cut. be unfurled. Deep cut. I thought you were talking It'll come about. down in history, which, interestingly enough, is the same album that they talk about the Broncos winning the Super Bowl, but I digress. Yeah, but it, that was not a happy song, though. No, it was not a happy song. But it was a good song. It, it was, was not a happy a song. song. Good song. Not all good songs are happy songs. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, please help us in this episode. I guess we're done now. All right, cool. Mm-hmm.
If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, use the CMAGCast hashtag, visit churchmag forward slash riddle me this, or drop us a line via email at podcast at churchmag. And remember, if you want to win a free copy of Great Church Sound, use that same email address, podcast at churchmag. Keep being awesome. Until next week. Do you want me to get my southern accent and offend so many people? Please don't. <laughs> Phil's allowed to do that, but not you. Oh, okay. Because you push Yeah, I'm, I've got a folksy charm that people... I can, I can do that kind of stuff. It's a folksy charm. <laughs> I have to use that sound bite. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. As always, thank you so much. Take care. See you soon, guys.